everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here again with Pastor Chris Lotzbaugh, uh, Leviticus Lotzbaugh, as he's made himself known as. <laughs> um, and we're Don't talking... trademark that. <laughs> There's a lot of competition for a trademark. Marking that. Phrase. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, Lindsay is probably oh, first in line. <laughs> all the other lots of balls are, are lining up. We're bidding on it. Right. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about. Well, one of the main things we're talking about is Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's sons, who die um, during one of the offerings, and then we're also talking about clean and unclean animals. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a. A topic change in the middle of our daily definitely. Reading. Um, it was hard for me to get through that without gagging a little bit. When I read about locusts and grasshoppers, that's all. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> There's going to be all kinds of things to gag about in the coming chapters. I know. Chapters. I'm like kind of worried about it, honestly. Yes. Oh, and uh, it gets even more fun when you're reading it out loud. <laughs> so. I'll be handing off those readings to other people. Let's talk about fire first. <laughs> okay, let's do that. We've got some, we've got two examples of fire here. You know, that as they're consecrating the priests and they make all the offerings, the glory of God appears and fire comes out of the temple and consumes the sacrifice. This is different than the other sacrifices because the priests are not lighting the fire and just having normal fire kind of consume it. It's, this is, I mean, this is pretty wild. Yeah. Like this would be one of those days you're going to remember the fire from right. God comes out and consumes the sacrifices. <laughs> and the people were excited about it. They were. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, this is pretty I'd be terrified, cool. but yeah. <laughs> I, I think they were excited in a terrified kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe it was a little bit more real because they had been seeing fire represented the presence of God for a while. Right, that's I, true. They might have just been um, like, this is God. Yeah. But it kind of like, uh, it, there's such a drastic pivot here because just a few... Sentences later, we've got fire coming out from the presence of God again, but this time it's not uh, a good thing. Uh, Nadab and Abayu, they offer unholy fire. We're not told exactly what this is, but they definitely presented an offering in the wrong kind of way, and they were consumed by fire Mm. and died. Uh, And I think this is a very, I think there's an intentional contrast here that we see fire coming from the presence of God when things are done in the right way. And we see fire coming when things are done in the wrong way. Yeah, uh, It is definitely kind of easy to go, wow, man, like this is harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, like what, <laughs> what did they do? But one thing that is good for us to remember uh, as we've been journeying along, Nadab and Abayu have been around for a while. It's all of the instructions where God is speaking to Moses and Aaron, uh, Nadab and Abayu are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not rookies. They had not just do an innocent mistake. They knew how things were supposed to be and they, they did it incorrectly Mm -hmm. and there's consequences. Um, Sometimes serious consequences. Yeah. It's, it is interesting to see kind of um, Moses's response to Aaron kind of like, it feels like a little bit of an, I told you so (laughs) when I read it, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading it the wrong way, but then the Lord responds to Aaron too. You brought that up earlier. Yeah. I, I mean, it, again, it might seem kind of like, uh, small comforting, but we've got God actually speaking directly to Aaron. That doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. And it's directly after his sons are killed. So I think there is there is some comforting going on here. Um, some people think that 
because the first thing he tells them that they can never do is to drink wine or alcoholic drink. Some people wonder if that was listed first because maybe these uh, guys were drunk when they were offering a sacrifice, mm -hmm. and that's why it was pointed out first. So there is a small degree of comfort um, in that God is is not pretending that this didn't happen, but mm -hmm. he's actually addressing Aaron about it. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a real lesson in just the holiness mm -hmm. of God and the perfectness of God because Aaron Aaron is silent. And Aaron doesn't argue. He accepts what he knows to be true and kind of keeps going. And I think, you know, we, we have to continue to remember when we see things that are just like a little bit strange or we even cause us to maybe question God, like, why is this happening? We have to remember that he's a good guy hmm. and he is dealing with a broken humanity who they broke his perfect world. And so when he does have uh, a picture of justice or judgment, it's still done from a position of him being holy, him being loving, him being all of the things that we know he is. He doesn't just turn into this evil God all of a sudden, which yeah, sometimes a is a little bit hard for us to understand. Right, and it's hard. Yeah, it's like easy to think that way as sure. you're reading, especially the Old Testament. Um, but what's so nice about reading it chronologically is exactly what you're saying. These people have been along for the ride for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we'll see that with the Israelites over and over again. They know how to serve their God. Right. They just refuse to do it. And God is actually so gracious over and over again. Oh, I, again, we are going to be ready to wipe these people out far before <laughs> God ever sends them to exile. Right. <laughs> so. Okay. Let's let's touch on ceremonially unclean and clean animals because I don't know anything about it. Do you know <laughs> why the split hooves and the yeah. chewing the cud and the winged insects, why those things matter? Well, I think even before we dive into some of the specifics, we are going to be dealing with a number of chapters over the next couple of days that talk about this idea of being clean or unclean. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us to know that this is different than sin. Uh, sin is very clearly spelled out in the Ten Commandments, and sacrifices need to be made for sin. There's an awful lot of things that when you look at something that makes people unclean, it's like, well, that's kind of normal life. And God still wants something to be done, uh, and there are different reasons for this. Uh, for the animals and even some of the health regulations, we see that sometimes it's a, a medical or a health-related reason. Uh, with some of the different animals that are not supposed to be eaten, it's because they often eat other dead animals or they're more prone to carry diseases, so God's trying to keep them healthy. Uh, sometimes it's simply to be different than the other nations around them, that, that idea of God's people being set apart and being different. But all of the things for uncleanness, it's actually under a banner of protection. Mm. Um, when we get to some of the ones involving people, there's actually protection for women and protection for some of the less fortunate, uh, the people in that culture that would have had a harder time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, this is actually a, a good thing uh, that God has helped them through these reminders of what can make them cl clean or unclean. Yeah. Today, and maybe you can shoot me down if I'm totally out of line here, but today in our staff meeting, we talked about how um, the, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the mm. Sabbath. Could you say the same thing about the laws? The laws are made for the good of man and his relationship with God. You know, uh, the same God wrote, uh, gave both of those commandments. So I think there's yeah. definitely that. Um, yeah, especially even when some of the most obscure ones, you're like, what in the world? And one of the we're going to see this, that, you know, some things that are in Leviticus here, modern medicine has taken thousands of years to discover, and mm. God knew it. And he was telling the people this before they even knew what germs were and bacteria was. And yeah. he he was taking care of them and, and helping them live in a right way. Because remember, there was no medical system. 
they were a huge nation of refugees. And so he's like, he's, Moses isn't a doctor. Aaron's not a doctor. So he's giving them commands that they're like, okay, we're going to do this. But later, uh, modern science proved that, wow, wasn't that incredibly loving and wise. Yeah. Wow. Guys, thanks so much for listening. It's so great to walk through like Exodus. No, where are we? We're in Leviticus. <laughs> Remember, Leviticus, lots of fault. It's going very fast. It's so <laughs> great to walk through Leviticus and just uh, see how God is loving his people, even through the laws that he gives them. Um, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Leviticus 9, beginning in verse 1. After the ordination ceremony on the eighth day, Moses called together Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a young bull for the sin offering and a ram for the burnt offering, both without defects, and present them to the Lord. Then tell the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and take a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defects, for a burnt offering. Also take a bull and a ram for a peace offering, and flour moistened with olive oil for a grain offering. Present all these offerings to the Lord, because the Lord will appear to you today. So the people presented all these things at the entrance of the tabernacle, just as Moses had commanded. Then the whole community came forward and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering to purify yourself and your people. Then present the offerings of the people to purify them, making them right with the Lord, just as he has commanded. So Aaron went to the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. His sons brought him the blood, and he dipped his finger in it and put it on the horns of the altar. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he burned on the altar the fat, the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver from the sin offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The meat and the hide, however, he burned outside the camp. Next, Aaron slaughtered the animal for the burnt offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he splattered it against the sides of the altar. Then they handed him each piece of the burnt offering, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. Then he washed the internal organs and the legs and burned them on the altar, along with the rest of the burnt offering. Next, Aaron presented the offerings of the people. He slaughtered the people's goat and presented it as an offering for their sin, just as he had done with the offering for his own sin. Then he presented the burnt offering and sacrificed it in the prescribed way. He also presented the grain offering, burning a handful of the flour mixture on the altar in addition to the regular burnt offering for the morning. Then Aaron slaughtered the bull and the ram for the people's peace offering. His sons brought him the blood and he splattered it against the sides of the altar. Then he took the fat of the bull and the ram, the fat of the broad tail, around the organs, along with the kidneys and the long lobes of the livers. He placed these fat portions on top of the breasts of these animals and burned them on the altar. Aaron then lifted up the breasts and right thighs as a special offering to the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than what he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died right there before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. 
that Moses called from Mishael and Elzaphon, Aaron's cousins, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel. He said to them, Come forward and carry away the bodies of your relatives from in front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and picked them up by their garments and carried them out of the camp, just as Moses had commanded. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not show grief by leaving your hair uncombed or by tearing your clothes. If you do, you will die, and the Lord's anger will strike the whole community of Israel. However, the rest of the Israelites, your relatives, may mourn because of the Lord's fiery destruction of Nadab and Abihu. But you must not leave the entrance of the tabernacle, or you will die, for you have been anointed with the Lord's anointing oil. So they did as Moses commanded. And the Lord said to Aaron, You and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common, between what is ceremonially unclean and what is clean. And you must teach the Israelites all the decrees that the Lord has given them through Moses. Then Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Take what is left of the grain offering after a portion has been presented as a special gift to the Lord, and eat it beside the altar. Make sure it contains no yeast, for it is most holy. You must eat it in a sacred place, for it has been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. These are the commands I have given you. But the breast and the thigh that were lifted up as a special offering may be eaten in any place that is ceremonially clean. These parts have been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the peace offerings presented by the people of Israel. You must lift up the thigh and the breast as a special offering to the Lord, along with the fat of the special gifts. These parts will belong to you and your descendants as your permanent right, just as the Lord has commanded. Moses then asked them what happened to the goat of the sin offering. When he discovered that it had been burned up, he was very angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons. Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sacred area, he demanded. It is a holy offering. The Lord has given it to you to remove the guilt of the community and to purify the people, making them right with the Lord. Since the animal's blood was not brought into the holy place, you should have eaten the meat in the sacred area as I ordered you. Then Aaron answered Moses, Today my sons presented both their sin offering and their burnt offering to the Lord, and yet this tragedy has happened to me. If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day as this, would the Lord have been pleased? When Moses heard this, he was satisfied. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. All of the land animals... These are the ones you may use for food. You may eat of any animal that has completely split hooves and chews the cud. You may not, however, eat the following animals that have split hooves or chew the cud, but not both. The camel chews the cud but does not have split hooves, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. Hyrax chews the cud but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The hare chews the cud but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The pig has evenly split hooves but does not chew the cud, so it is unclean. You may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. They are ceremonially unclean for you. Of all the marine animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat anything from the water if it has fins and scales, whether taken from salt water or from streams. But you must never eat animals from the sea or from rivers that do not have both fins and scales. They are detestable to you. This applies to both little creatures that live in the shallow water and to all creatures that live in deep water. They will always be detestable to you. You must never eat their meat or even touch their dead bodies. Any marine animal that does not have both fins and scales is detestable to you. These are the birds that are detestable to you. You must never eat them. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, falcons of all kinds, 
Ravens of all kinds, the eagle owl, the short-eared owl, the seagull, hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hippo, and the bat. You must not eat winged insects that walk along the ground. They are detestable to you. You may, however, eat winged insects that walk along the ground that have jointed legs so they can jump. The insects you are permitted to eat include all kinds of locusts, bald locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers. All other winged insects that walk along the ground are detestable to you. The following creatures will make you ceremonially unclean. If any of you touch their carcasses, you'll be defiled until evening. If you pick up their carcasses, you must wash your clothes and you'll remain defiled until evening. Any animal that has split hooves that are not evenly divided or does not have chewed the cud is unclean for you. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled. Of the animals that walk on all fours, those that have paws are unclean. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If you pick up its carcass, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. These animals are unclean for you. Of the small animals that scurry along the ground, these are unclean for you. The mole rat, the rat, large lizards of all kinds, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the common lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. All these small animals are unclean for you. If any of you touch the dead body of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If such an animal dies and falls on something, that object will be unclean. This is true whether the object is made of wood, cloth, leather, or burlap. Whatever its use, you must dip it in water and it will remain defiled until evening. After that, it will be ceremonially clean and may be used again. If such an animal falls into a clay pot, everything in the pot will be defiled and the pot must be smashed. If the water from such a container spills on any food, the the food will be defiled, and any beverage in such a container will be defiled. Any object on which the carcass of such an animal falls will be defiled. If it is in an oven or hearth, it must be destroyed, for it is defiled, and you must treat it accordingly. However, if the carcass of such an animal falls into a spring or a cistern, the water will still be clean, but anyone who touches the carcass will be defiled. If the carcass falls in seed grain to be planted in the field, the seed will still be considered clean, but if the seed is wet when the carcass falls on it, the seed will be defiled. If an animal you are permitted to eat dies and you touch its carcass, you will be defiled until evening. If you eat any of its meat or carry away its carcass, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along on their bellies, such as those who scurry along the ground. Those with four legs and those with many feet. All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by touching them. You must not make for yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them. For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. Do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. These are the instructions regarding land animals, birds, marine creatures, and animals that scurry along the ground. By these instructions, you will know what is unclean and clean and which animals may be eaten and which may not be eaten. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.